Hello, everybody, and welcome to Fly, a queer haiku podcast. My name is Rainbow. And my name is Em. I was ready. You were absolutely <laughs> ready. You definitely didn't have to <laughs> reach over and grab that mic. Oh, no, things aren't falling apart. We're fine. Everything is fine. Everything is just fine because you are here for our episode two, where we will be discussing season one, episode two, Karasano's High School Volleyball Club. <laughs> But first, we have some housekeeping to do because um, we recorded episode one and we were so excited that we completely forgot the format of our show and (laughs) that we had decided. Um, So we have a few things we're going to be doing in this episode that we meant to do in episode one and we plan to do in episodes moving forward. Um, So one of those things is our character spotlight, um, which I think we mentioned in in episode zero, that we won't be doing a character spotlight every single episode, but when a new significant character is introduced and we want to talk about them, we're going to spotlight them. Um, So you'll find out who that will be later on in this episode. We also forgot to do our fun who and haiku scenario that we were really excited about. So we will be doing that at the end of the episode after the spoiler zone. Uh, One thing is we uh, could not pronounce the name of Hinata's middle school last episode. Um, So I looked it up and it's uh, Yuki Gaokai is the name of Hinata's middle school. I'm pretty sure that's how it's pronounced. I looked up the hiragana um, to make sure I was getting that pronunciation right. Um, But I'm also American and barely know Japanese at all. So that could be wrong. But that's the best of my ability. Although at some point you need to brag about your uh, Duolingo levels with Japanese. <laughs> yeah, it's Duolingo though. So like <laughs> I still can't like hold a conversation. I do think I could find my way to like a train station or a hotel. Um, but yeah, I'm a linguist nerd, like a linguistics nerd. And one day I am going to grab hold of this microphone and talk about the Japanese language at some point. But that day is not today. Um, because we have lots of other things to talk about, including something else I forgot to mention in last week's episode, um, which is regarding at the very beginning when we see the little giant on the national stage on the TV and he's going to spike the ball, we see somebody do a back set to him. It's somebody with a bald head um, and the number two Karasuno jersey. And I was wondering if that's Yukai. Like maybe that's something people know and that's out there and we just haven't been aware. But like we know Yukai plays on the same team as the little giant, right? Like they were on the same team. Do we know that? I think they were there in the same era at least. They were there in the same era. And so I wondered if that was Yukai because you know, Furudate loves to just slip in a little like, hey, this seems like it doesn't matter right now, but then it's going to matter. So I I wondered about that. And if anybody else is aware or they know for a fact or they've had that idea as well, like, please hit us up on social media, send us an email because I want to know if you also thought this. So now that we've gotten our housekeeping out of the way, we are going to move on to our next section, which is the 30-second recap. And now, listeners, last week, I did the 30-second recap very badly. And to be fair, I was doing it off the cuff. I was just doing it straight off the dome piece, if you will, um, just remembering things in the episode. I think I probably made it through the first like five minutes of that episode, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but M is doing the recap this time, and she pre-wrote it, uh, which feels a little bit like cheating to me. But maybe I forgot that we were just doing them off the cuff. I don't know. And then I was as I was, as I was watching it, it just came to me, and I started to write it down. So. 
we're gonna try both ways we agreed and then you guys will like put up a poll in a couple weeks and you guys can kind of vote which one you prefer do you want us to just go off the cuff and do our best or do you want us to pre-write them you know we'll, we'll give you a taste of both okay. all right okay all right you so start um i will count you down um i will say one two three go and on go you start your recap okay i'm ready all right one two three go here we are at episode two. Hinata has lost the one and only volleyball game he got to play in middle school, and now he has a new goal. Get strong at Karasuno so he can beat the king of the court. Only, it looks like the king is also at Karasuno, and the blue of his eyes is deeper than any ocean? <sighs> we also get to meet our wonderful senpais, the strong Daichi, the sweetie Suga, and the bad kid Tanaka. Hinata, in all his earnest na naivete, claims himself to soon be Karasuno's ace, which sparks yet another argument between him and Kageyama when he tells Hinata if he's going to talk e big... E oh, man, I am not even halfway through. I, you know, I'm not going to lie. I really was loving that recap. <laughs> thank um, you, thank you. So maybe, maybe 30 I'll, seconds is not enough. <laughs> maybe 30 seconds isn't enough. Maybe I'll do... Maybe we can play around with 60 seconds. Maybe I'll put that in a poll. I'll put that in the poll as well. Do you want us to do... Off the cuff, do you want us to do pre-written or do you want us to um, change it up to 60 seconds instead of 30 seconds? Yeah, tell um, us what you want, Daddy. Yeah, it's all for you, babies. Can I finish it? I guess, is that not fair because you didn't finish it? No, I didn't get to finish mine, so I don't think you get to finish yours. But maybe we will release your recap in a thread <laughs> when this episode is posted. Does that sound good? Yeah. So we start off, uh, we pick up right where we ended in episode one with Hinata pointing at Kageyama and shouting, what are you doing here? Um, because he cannot possibly believe that the king of the court is at the same school as him. Um, and I think Hinata's like memory of Kageyama is hilarious. Like he's just like you, his, you can see his thoughts and it's just like mean scowly Kageyama just being like, what have you been doing the last three years? And like, you're dumb mm -hmm. <laughs> just being mean to him. And at some point later in the show, we get to see like kind of, we get to see Kageyama's like inner mind and how he pictures Hinata so I want us to keep note <laughs> of this moment yeah I have a headcanon too um like you know the way they probably thought about each other since that first match because you know Kageyama says I remember you even though he doesn't know his name although I like to have a little headcanon that because all of his friends at the time were calling him Shochan I don't know if I mentioned this in the last episode but I like to think that Kageyama at least picked up that. So maybe in his head, he's been calling this kid Shochan, but obviously he can't say that out loud. Um, but yeah, obviously Kageyama left his impression because he was uh, abrasive and mean. <laughs> and then Hinata left his impression because he was so um, like the raw talent mixed with not knowing what the hell he was doing. Also, Hinata still thinks Kageyama is like the coolest person who's ever existed. I think that's part of what makes Hinata so angry is that he's like, he's so mean. Oh, but he's so cool. and He's so good at volleyball. Mm -hmm. And so it's just, uh, he, it just makes him so angry. I like to think that Kageyama just thinks of him as that runt um, in his head. Yeah. I like the idea of like, oh, the Shochan, but I like the idea of him just being like every, like every, at least once a day, I would say, he just thinks about that jump that Hinata did and he's like, that fucking runt <laughs> um but yeah that moment let's not gloss over how Hinata is like oh you probably don't remember me but we played a game last year and Kageyama's like no I remember you I remember exactly who you are yeah and that's and that's not usually Kageyama usually doesn't remember anybody which will be um shown later on in the show yes <laughs> he doesn't typically remember people 
no, no, no. Uh, he has. It's almost like he spent the last fifteen years smoking weed himself, but we know he hasn't because he's an athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we also get the first uh, dumbass from Kageyama to Hinata. Uh, that's one of his favorite nicknames for him. Does he? Because I again, I'm watching the dub and you're watching the sub. Does he call him a dumbass in the sub, or was that just a dub thing? Um, I don't remember. Okay, do you know what scene? Oh, like the very beginning it's like when it's like their first little like argument well i know like well i love um in the beginning when they first see each other and then kageyama who keeps doing this or in his head he's like there's that amazingly talented guy and then out loud he's just like you're the guy that sucked <laughs> yeah he just like he just doesn't know how to communicate his thoughts and i think there's a little bit of like again i think we talked about this last episode where like kageyama like doesn't want to believe that hinata is like capable of of being as good as he is. Mm -hmm. I think there's a part of him that like won't let himself believe that. Um, And there's, it's just, it's, I don't know. I lost my thought. It's just too good to be true. It's just too good to be true. Um, But also just from the beginning, you get to see their rivalry. Like they are just the perfect rivals. I love them so much. They just like, everything is a competition. They just, they, and they want to prove it to each other. Like Kageyama, Mm -hmm. Like, really doesn't have a lot to prove, I would say. No, he's very, like, self-assured. He has that, like, I have a note in here about his easy confidence of, like, taking on the senpais and the two-on-two and all that. Yeah, yeah, he's very, I mean, he is very egotistical. Um, I think the read that Daichi has of him in the beginning is right. But, like, again, like, Kakema doesn't have anything to prove. But I feel like he has to, like, it's this weird thing where he has to prove it to Hinata, and maybe we can talk a little bit about that in the spoiler zone because that might be connected to something that we learn much mm-hmm. later on. I also feel like their dynamic is just so strongly established right off the bat. The way that they do like, yeah, they're arguing or whatever, but that's their way of really like lighting a fire under each other. And you see that right away and how lost they get in it. And mm-hmm. um, I just think it's also so funny. And, and this will be more apparent as we go on. But like overall, like Kageyama is respectful to his senpais and other people. And Hinata is really friendly and nice to like everyone except when it comes to each other. And I just love how much of an asshole Hinata turns into just for Kageyama. I think that's special. It's like they have their own special asshole language for each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I also wanted to, we didn't point this out in episode one, but... Hinata loves to receive with his face. It's mm-hmm. it's the best thing for him, I think. He just, <laughs> he loves to just get hit in the face with the volleyball. And I think it happens twice in this episode. Mm-hmm. It happens to him a lot. Yeah, and it happened in, I don't know if they really show it in the anime, but in the manga, it Hinata talks about how he only received one of Kageyama's serves, and it was just a simple overhand serve. But he also received that with his face. Like, even in a normal serve, he's like, nope, got to take it with the face. Okay, so after we get some one-on-one time with Hinata and Kageyama in the gym, uh, we get introduced to some members of the volleyball club, the senpai, also known as the upperclassmen. Um, And I don't know about any of you or you, M, but I thought Daichi was the coach for the first, I don't know, three, four episodes. What about you? (laughs) I think that that makes sense. He has a very coach-like era about him. And with some of the characters, like... 
And I think this goes for the dub as well. But some of them, first of all, they just look older. Like some of the players that come along look like they have two kids and a divorce under their belt. Um, and Daichi just, he does. He looks older. He also like kind of just sounds older. So I, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, Daichi carries himself like a grown man. And so I really, I thought he was the coach for a long time. And to the point where when Takata shows up in a later episode, I was like, who is this guy? I was like, oh, maybe he's just like, they're like, they're like they have to have like a teacher who's also on it. And I was like, no, that's like the only coach they have mm-hmm. <laughs> is this guy. Yeah. Um, but Daichi basically is the coach. And and that's the thing is I think Daichi kind of is the coach though. Like Takeda doesn't know anything about volleyball. Daichi's the captain. He's the leader. He's always been a leader. And he steps up to the plate and he like does his best, but he understands that they need a real coach. Mm-hmm. So I think it makes sense that that vibe comes off of him and that's what people read mm-hmm. into the story yeah for sure okay so we meet daichi um or wh- what did you say in your I said recap? the serious daichi the serious the sweetie daichi. suga the sweetie suga <laughs> or the strange suga really because he gives a lot of weird faces in this one especially um and then the, ba- the bad boy or the wannabe bad boy tanaka <laughs> okay and i this is something else that we have to talk about you pronounce his name the way that you pronounce it well i go i kind of like tanaka or tanaka tanaka yeah i just go with tanaka she says tanaka and they're both i think like kind of accurate but i don't know because like for me i hear tanaka in the dub and in the sub um and i don't really know which one is right my ears are not good at telling those differences yeah i mean it's fine if if you hear tanaka or you hear tanaka we're talking about the same character um, you know, in his name has three syllables. It's Tanaka. So it could be Tanaka or it could be Tanaka. Um, it really just depends on where you're putting the emphasis. And I personally don't know where you're supposed to put the emphasis. So if like- anybody knows, if anyone speaks Japanese and has an answer for us, we're always looking to learn. Um, anyway, but I fucking love him. Um, he's just, he's such, like, he's trying so hard to be such a jerk, and he's trying to be like, this is how you are when you're an upperclassman. You're an Mm -hmm. asshole. And it's just like, and Suga and Daichi are like, stop, you're so dumb. I also thought, um, Tanaka was a third year for a while, because he's with the other third years. Yeah, I can see how that would be confusing. Um... But no, he's a little second year. And I think you can kind of tell once you know you can see the way that Daichi and Suga act with him and the way that he defers to Daichi and Suga as well. I think you can tell that he sees them as senpai and they see him as Kohei. But I will say it's interesting, and this happens so often with Hinata, especially in the beginning until he starts making waves, but the these three come in and they're just focused on Kageyama. They don't even really notice that Hinata is there. Hinata is very overlooked and they're just talking about, about Kageyama and they're talking to Kageyama and Hinata will not stand for that. He's in the background like, maybe they don't hear me, maybe they don't see me. And he's like, hey. I'm here too, mm-hmm. which is just so Hinata of Which him. is what Hinata really has to do through most of his first year is be like, hello, and really force his seat at the table. He I really admire. does. Yeah. And it's wonderful. But then as soon as they notice him, Suga and Tanaka are like, oh yeah, you're the little, you're the short kid that number one, like you have a lot, like your jumping skills were really good. Like, you know, we can't wait to see what you do. Mm-hmm. I think they're just being good little good senpai. They're they're very good senpais, and this is when Hinata uh, very proudly states that he will be the next ace of Karasuno, and which is a bold statement. Very make. bold statement, especially and he doesn't know this, but to say that in front of Tanaka, who's like, um, excuse me, I'm next in line to be the ace, mm-hmm. and kind of is de facto ace right now, I guess. Yeah, 
Okay. Yeah. Um, and so, and I think it's interesting because this immediately pisses Kageyama off. Kageyama hears this and he's like, oh, you think you're going to be the ace? And I thought that was interesting. And what did I write here? I Oh, I said he has a lot to learn. He's really arrogant at first towards Hinata. And I, I will say, I don't know how much of the arrogance in particular is for me I'm hearing that in the voice performance in the dub because the voice of Kageyama is doing a little too much for me he's going a little too far um but what about you would would you say that Kageyama comes off as arrogant when he's talking to Hinata about this what's your perception I feel like he's just very it's like we're, we've been watching Love on the Spectrum and we've, we've been talking about autism a lot and um the adherence to rules and stuff and I just feel like Kageyama is more just frustrated at Hinata because he kind of wants Hinata just, you know, he's eager and he wants to skip 10 steps ahead and, and be the ace when he mm. still can't even receive. So I think Kageyama is just frustrated because he's not like following the rules of like what you're supposed to do. I think Kageyama has a lot in common with Ushijima and Kita mm -hmm. in that way. Like there's a proper way to do things and like you have all this talent, but you're squandering it because you're a hyperactive little <laughs> freak that just wants to, you can't just be the ace. You have to work hard at it. And, and Hinata doesn't understand that because Hinata does not have the same background in volleyball that Kageyama does. Um, and that's another thing. And I think we haven't gotten to this part yet, but when he, when they, uh, are thrown out they start to talk about like Kageyama actually realizes how Hinata really has no background and that was his only game and so yeah I think it's just I think it's more like misunderstanding and and frustration from Kageyama's end the, the, the arrogance more comes in when he's like I, I could just do it all myself yes. no you can't it didn't work and it's still not gonna work so that's that's the lesson that he has to learn but yeah, he's just a kid and he has a lot to learn. And I think sometimes uh, Kageyama's character growth and development gets overlooked in favor of Hinata's because I feel like Kageyama's is so much more subtle and it's more like mm -hmm. social and emotional. Mm -hmm. And it's not necessarily the focus of the series because Hinata is the protagonist. Kageyama is the deuteragonist. Mm -hmm. But it, it's still so important, you know? Like I think it's so important to look at Kageyama and the way he grows because teamwork is just as important as skill mm -hmm. for especially for something like volleyball where it is a team sport and it's six players on the court and they all have to be strong in order to win I think I don't think it's here I'm kind of skipping ahead a little bit Daichi says something to Kageyama about like you can't do it on your own like mm -hmm. you're the volleyball is a game where only one like you can't touch the ball two times in the row the same person cannot touch this the ball two times in a row and for Kageyama to think that because Hinata sucks that he can just ignore him is wrong. That's not how you are a good teammate. And I think Kageyama learns so much at Karasuno because of Hinata and from Hinata, but also from everybody else on the team. And I'm so excited to get into that. Mm -hmm. So they fight. Yes, they fight. Oh, but for I, we have to talk about... Okay, we have to talk about two things because in the manga, when all of the upperclassmen are talking to Kageyama... And they're not paying attention to Hinata. Before Hinata even thinks about like, oh, they're not paying attention to me. He notices that Kageyama is taller than all of them. Mm -hmm. That's like a thought he has in his head. He's like, wow, Kageyama's tall, a bit taller than all of them. And mm -hmm. it's like, what are you doing? And I guess that happens in the anime too. But in the manga, it's just really like, it's just like a little thought bubble before he says anything else. Is He's just like, his focus is always on Kageyama. Yes. Yeah. Always. That boy lives in his head rent free for yeah. sure. All the time. Okay, so they decide to have a competition because 
Hinata's like, I'm going to beat you. And he's like, you're going to – at first he's like, we'll just pass. We'll just pass back and forth. And Kageyama's like, how do you win if you're just passing? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so Hinata's like, well, then you're – like, serve the ball to me and I'll receive it. I only got to receive one spike from you last year. Um, and, and now I can do it. I've, I've gotten better. I've trained because remember he trained with the girls volleyball team. He trained with the women's inter- intramural yeah, volleyball I want, team. I want an OVA of him training with these women. Yeah. We were robbed. Mm-hmm. We were robbed of that for sure. Meanwhile. So they're arguing back and forth. Meanwhile, Daichi's like, hello guys. Huh? And the principal's standing there too. like get control of your, of your class. But, um, they can't. They're too wrapped up in each other's bullshit right now. Yes. So the vice principal comes in um, wearing a toupee, which I, I think most of us spot that immediately, mm-hmm. um, except for one of us, uh, Kageyama. And so they fight and the volleyball, it goes astray and it hits the vice principal in the head. The toupee goes flying off of him and lands on Daichi, which is the funniest thing that could have happened. Uh, a thousand comedy points. Very sitcom. Very sitcom-y. Um, and yeah, they get, and then Daichi has like a half hour talk with the vice principal. And I love that they don't get in trouble. The vice principal is just like so embarrassed. He's like, you can't tell anybody that this happened. Like just the delusion of like, nobody can know that I'm wearing a toupee. Meanwhile, like when it comes off, Kageyama is the only one who's like, oh, that was a toupee. And Hinata's like, we all figured that out at the entrance ceremony. Mm -hmm. And Tanaka's laughing and trying to tell them to shut up. And Suga's like, Tanaka, you're not helping either. You shut up. It's just, uh, this is like, because I feel like episode one doesn't really have a lot of comedy because it's so, it's about like the game and there's a lot more seriousness. Yeah, you definitely get more of the silly side of the show in episode two. Yes. Yeah. It's really when you start to get into like how funny the show can be, which I'm very excited about. Um, I also, oh. Okay, so after, I think it's after the stuff with the vice principal happens, Daichi talks about how he decided to come to Karasuno because he also saw the same game that Hinata did. It was when he was in middle school and he saw the game where the little giant played and Karasuno went to nationals. And I love that Hinata and Daichi have the same motivation. Like they, well, similar motivation. Hinata, it's it's a little bit more like I want to be the little giant and I want to prove to people that even though I'm small, I can be an amazing athlete. And for Daichi, he's like, I want to be on a team that wins and I want to be on a team that gets to stand on the national stage. And so they are both compelled to go to the same school for kind of the same mm-hmm. reason or or they have the same like similar moment I guess mm-hmm. and I also think something that you see because when Daichi gives that speech he's like well and we're going to go to nationals again like we're gonna go and we're gonna win and Kageyama is like it comes off very blunt it comes off like he's an asshole but I I don't think that's where it's coming from I don't think that's his intention no, I think this is a genuine question that it's it yeah he's like he's like well a lot of teams say that they can do that say that they want to go to nationals but you have to mean it and Daichi gets that like look that he gets mm-hmm. where he's like, no, I'm dead serious. We are going to go to nationals. And I think for Kageyama, and maybe part of it is because he was on just these teams that were already so good and pulled in so many good players. He didn't really get a chance to play with people who had the same drive that he did. I think Oikawa does. Oikawa has mm-hmm. that drive. I, it's almost like a monster drive that they all have. Oikawa has that, but the other people on his team, like Kunami and Kendaichi, didn't really seem to have that. They weren't at his level. And I think when he gets in Karasuno, it's where he he finds a team where pretty much everybody has kind of the same level of drive and commitment. And I think Kageyama recognizes that. Because mm-hmm. as soon as Daichi says that, like I think if Kageyama truly were just like this arrogant asshole, he would have dismissed 
to Daichi saying that, but I think he recognizes in Daichi that like, oh no, this guy is serious. This guy does want to win. And I, I appreciate that. I like that. I think what happens is Daichi comes in and like they talk about like the nationalist thing. And then Daichi is like trying to talk more about them needing to be teammates. And Kagehina just immediately start bickering again. They just, they cannot help but fight. And then we get angry Daichi, mm -hmm. who we will see quite a few times and is legitimately terrifying. Mm -hmm. He has several faces that he makes and it's why he's called Dadchi. At some point, I will make the argument that I actually think Daichi and Suga are both moms for the team, <laughs> um, but we can talk about that later. But I do understand why people call him Dadchi because um, mm -hmm. he is just angry dad. Do not piss him off. And what does he do, Em? He's Throws him out of the gym. Throws him out of the gym and he locks the door. And then Kageyama is like standing at the door. It like cuts, it, you know, so it's like cutting between Kagehina outside, like arguing with each other. And then inside, Daichi, Suga, and Tanaka talking about it. And at one point, Kageyama is like standing at the door and it says, I won't fight with him anymore. Um, but Hinata is like on the ground behind him because he clearly just threw him away from the door. Mm -hmm. And it's like, Kageyama... You fucking idiot. Well, and he can't lie because Daichi then opens the door, cracked, and he's like, are, are you sure? Look me in the eye and say that. And then that's when Kageyama's like, I'd rather receive Spike and do everything myself than have to work with him. And then Hinata's like, are you dumb or just stupid? I love that part so much. Like, Hinata is so mean to Kageyama. Like, you already mentioned it, but I just love it when he's just like, I think in the dub he says, are you mean or just stupid? And the way he's he just says stupid. it. He, and that's the thing is he is just stupid. Uh, I do have to say there is like Kageyama does have so much more like privilege than Hinata when it comes to volleyball. So it is a little bit like Kageyama being so mean to him does piss me, especially in the beginning does piss me off because I'm like, you don't know. I'm basically like Koji at the end of episode one, whenever he, Kagama like shouts at him like what have you been doing the last three years I'm like you don't even know you don't know what he's been through you don't know mm -hmm. what he's had to deal with to get to this point he's worked so hard well that's because he's a teenager yes. and teenagers have a hard time seeing outside of their own uh, experience and perspective yes exactly it makes sense like if they were grown adults it would be even more frustrating but it makes sense and I would say and we can talk about this in later episodes but I think within these first few episodes I think Kageyama figures that out and Kageyama mm -hmm. really learns that lesson and it really changes the way he interacts with Hinata when it comes to volleyball and I'm, I'm excited to talk about that like you know again if Kageyama really were just this like selfish arrogant asshole you know who's unwilling to change we wouldn't see the growth that we see even in like the first few episodes yeah and so when we're outside he does start to get an idea because Hinata opens up about you know that was his one game he actually got to play and it's their little interaction is so funny i don't know how it goes down in the dub but like hinata's talking about like you know i used to have to uh do practice in the hallways and he's like hallways. yes and then yes. and then um he, and then he's like and then when i was there for the first time it was like gua and then inside he's like gua so like you know he really he didn't understand that that was really like this this is hinata's first real opportunity to really play so i think that that softens him a little bit around the edges at least yes absolutely and there's more things coming in further episodes that i think continue to open his mind and i think that's why like we don't talk a lot about we haven't talked a lot about fanfic 
on these episodes, but I really like fix about this like beginning time period that are from Kageyama's perspective and kind of like people trying to put themselves in Kageyama's shoes, particularly people who I feel like understand Kageyama the way that I do. I think that's, it's very interesting to think about like what Kageyama's thought process is as he's getting to know Hinata as more than just some rival who was standing on the other side of the court, but as like a teammate and a potential ally. Mm-hmm. How does that scene go down in the dub, by the way? The, like, hallway and the guam. It's pretty much the same. I don't remember if he says the, like, hallway part. I think it just kind of cuts to his face being a little, like, confused and, like, processing it. But he does say the, like, guam part where he's like, guam? Like, <laughs> okay, good. I just was curious. It's, yes. And, I mean, the the manga is even more, like, af- after everything Hinata says, there's a little thought bubble from Kageyama where he's like, hallway? Guam? What? <laughs> Um, So that's very cute. But okay, this is also the part where we get introduced to another character and we have to talk about this character's entrance. Oh, God. Yeah, we meet Kyoko tits first. Tits first. We don't even see her face. Yeah, tits, then ass, then face. Then face. Very pretty face. And we don't get to see Kageyama's reaction to her because he probably doesn't have one. But Hinata is a little like blushy. He's like, oh, what a pretty girl. And I just hate it. Like we get introduced to Kyoko in the manga in at the very end of chapter one, which I'll give them credit for this because we don't go, don't get to see any of the upperclassmen's face in that first episode. We only see them from the neck mm-hmm. down. But in the manga, like it, we get to see her face. She's like presenting the club forms to Daichi and she's not sexualized in this way. And it's just really disappointing because I will say I think for a shonen anime Haikyuu treats its female characters with a level of respect that you don't always get to see mm-hmm. um, but this is just I always kind of forget about this because we don't get this as much but it is yeah it's just like we see like they focus on her tits and it's all like shiny and pretty and it's like oh here's the girl here's a pretty girl mm-hmm. and like that's really all she's characterized as for a long time is she's just the shy pretty girl who Tanaka is clearly in love with and like she wants nothing to do with him and it's just really disappointing because and she does get more characterization later it's just when we first meet her she is literally just an object for the boys to ogle we don't Mm -hmm. even know what she really does Mm -hmm. yeah there's a lot of conversation to be had about how Haikyuu treats women because like I love Yachi and I love that she never gets like paired off with anybody and Mm -hmm. but yeah the way they treat Kyoko is very disappointing to me Kyoko's a victim a lot of the time yeah we will talk a lot more about Kyoko and and she's like a strong character I will say one thing I like about her is the because it almost feels like it's like this thing where like it's a shonen manga it's a shonen anime so we have to show like boys drooling over her but I think her reactions to it are very interesting and like she doesn't like she doesn't get all like blushy and like ooh the boys like me but she doesn't get all angry and like oh don't don't talk shit about me she just very much just shuts it off she's like no mm-hmm. she's like I don't care about this she doesn't engage in it she doesn't indulge in it and I do think that there is some strength in that and mm-hmm. I think that's I because personally that's my favorite way to handle that kind of stuff I think giving anyone like an outsized reaction is sometimes like feeding the flames where if you are just like very impassive and just shut it down bluntly like people don't know what to do with that so I think she's an interesting character it just makes me sad that she can introduce that way it, you just can't escape it with anime sometimes you really you, you really I mean it's not even just anime it's just media mm-hmm. it's, it's media that's geared towards boys and men um there's just often this male gaze 
that's put on to female characters because mm-hmm. of patriarchy um, and misogyny and the world sucks for women, but it is what it is. But Kyoko's here and she does have, she has an important role in the overall story and there are certain episodes and certain chapters where she has a really important role and she moves the plot forward and certain things in the show wouldn't happen without her and mm-hmm. that matters. She's not just there to be a pretty object. She just also happens to be a pretty object. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Also just again, Kageyama, no reaction to a pretty girl Tobio is just mm-hmm. doesn't understand the big deal. He's like, well, she's not a volleyball. So <laughs> why do I care? Why do I so care? So she's about the this? she's the girl version of me with glasses. <laughs> yes, I literally have read fix where they make Kageyama and Kyoko cousins because they look so much alike and I love that and they're both like quiet yeah and then I wrote they're so stupid in reference to Kagehina but I really should have put why I was saying that but you know just whatever they're doing they're just dumb they're stupid idiots (laughs) and we love them so they eventually come up with the brilliant idea of Kageyama really comes up with the idea of challenging them to like a two-on-two to demonstrate their teamwork and then it's funny because then we cut back to the gym and I don't know if it's Tanaka who um is like I bet they'll you know challenge us to a three-on-three or whatever and then so then they open the door and they're standing there and (laughs) they're like say no and then they say at the same time like we'd like to challenge you it's so adorable they literally share one brain cell they're really it's really cute well because they in the manga they're like right before they say it Hinata's like don't mess this up and Kageyama's like you don't mess this up and then they say at the same time like we challenge you to this and then they like go to say another thing and they both say like one two and then they say it at the same time and they're so in sync and it's so cute and so funny and like the upperclassmen are just like losing their minds. Tanaka's just like laughing hysterically. Suga's like, you guys are so stupid. But Daichi agrees to it. Daichi's like, okay, we have two more first years who mm-hmm. want to sign up for the club. And we usually do like a three on three to test them out and see where they're at. So we'll do that with all of you. And there are some stakes for one of them, not for Hinata. Mm-hmm. But, you know, so if they win, they both get to be back on the team. But Daichi says if Hinata and Kageyama's team loses, that Kageyama is not allowed to be a setter for as long as Daichi is there, which is only one year, but is the worst possible thing that Kageyama could imagine next to not being able to play volleyball at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because why? Because setter is the coolest position. It's the most dominant. You get to touch the ball the most so yeah so you know he's freaking out about this consequence and Hinata doesn't fully understand why like at least you still get to play volleyball you can do other positions spiker is cooler anyway and then that that sparks this whole impassioned speech about why setter is the coolest thing to do um and you also like I like to say like you know Kageyama Tobio you have Kageyama and then you have Tobio and Tobio is like just the cute little volleyball fanboy and you really get to see that when he's like talking about like the game and what the setter gets to do and it's it's very cute and I love how like after his little speech Hinata's like okay yeah I get it now like the the one like as much as they argue they do share the language of volleyball I do feel like there's a little bit of Hinata being like, okay, I get why you like Setter. I still think being a spiker is the coolest thing. Like, because Hinata is always willing to stand his ground. He's not like fully like, okay, okay, Setter's like, it doesn't change his mind. He doesn't want to be a Setter. He's like, okay, I understand. It's important. And I think there's this... There's this kind of theme in volleyball, you know, like connection is so important. Reading the manga really reminds me how much connection is important. And at some point we need to talk about, when we get to the Nekama episodes, we can talk about 
them being the team about connection um, and how that makes them like the perfect rivals for Karasuno. But um, where was I going with this? Oh, okay. So there's <laughs> there in volleyball. It's like, there's no, it's, it's like, there's no spikes without sets, but there's no sets without receives. It's all connected. It's all connected. And, but there's no receives without serves. Like everybody has to be strong. Everybody has to know like the, the role that they play. And a lot of them have to learn, have to eventually learn how to do other things as well. Like they have to learn to adapt and be versatile, um, and it's just, it's cool. And that's just always there under the surface is this mm-hmm. idea of connection. All of the plays have to connect, but then also all of the people have to connect. And going back to the Kageyama yelling about Setter being the best position, I have cost, um, I wrote Kageyama being too intense about his special interest. He's <laughs> like, <laughs> like, this is what happens when I talk about um, Haikyuu, I get too intense about it. And I'm like, no, but you don't understand. Mm-hmm. It's about connection. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, Kakehina should have a volleyball podcast. <laughs> oh, my God. That would be such a mess. They, they would just get into the arguments. Out. Well, you know, Kenma or somebody would be like their editor and <sighs> would make it sound great. That mm-hmm. would really it'd be like it'd be like Rosemary's Baby. It's all about the editing. <laughs> That's a deep cut. Um, <laughs> look it up. <laughs> So uh, when they are deciding to do the three-on-three match, Hinata brings up, he's like, wait, there's only two of us, so who's going to be our third player? And Daichi volunteers Tanaka, and Tanaka's like, what? I don't want to play with them. And Daichi is just, like, a little bit manipulative here. Well, he knows how to play his teammates. He knows how, yeah, this is why he's such a good captain, because he's like, oh, well, I thought a tough guy like you would be able to whip them into shape. And then Tanaka's like, oh, oh, yes, absolutely, I'll whip them right into shape. And then he just goes into being, like, a great senpai. He immediately helps them, you know, like, they, uh, Kageyama and Hinata aren't allowed to use the gym during practice hours, um, and so... They were like, okay, well, when are we going to be able to practice? And Tanaka is just like, oh, he like really, um, it's, what's the term I'm looking for? Unskillfully is trying to like give information to Hinata and Kagama through the window. He's like, oh, what time is our practice tomorrow morning? Mm-hmm. 7 a.m.? Oh, so the gym will be empty before then. Interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so Kagama and Hinata are like, okay, tomorrow morning at 5 a.m. And then we get into their first race uh yes this is the first time they, they love race. yeah they love to race each other it's really a metaphor <laughs> yes it very much is they're always racing they each start other. like running away from the school and then he does like wait i forgot my bag <laughs> um and then the next so the next morning and this is another thing too where like i always think about like these logistical things and shows that i know don't actually matter but like they decide at on 5 a.m and i guess tanaka also just knew to show up at 5 a.m the next morning well i think he heard that he probably heard them through the window because he was yeah. still right by the window yeah it's true so I like we we get kind of like a little flashback to the night before because IQ loves to do it. It's like here's this thing that you could have seen five minutes ago while it was happening, but we're actually going to show it to you mm-hmm. at a different time. Um, but it's Tanaka is thinking about what Daichi said about Kagehina because Suga's like, hey, do you think maybe you're being a little harsh on them? Like you know, like they just got here. Like this is you know they need to learn about teamwork. And Daichi's like, yeah, they do need to learn about teamwork because I think if they can work together, they're going to be amazing. I mean, not as amazing as they end up being, but he thinks that they'll be good together. He he recognizes that they're soulmates, mm-hmm. um, but he recognizes that Kageyama is a very good setter who's really fast and he needs a spiker who can keep up with him. And he recognizes that Hinata can be that spiker. He just knows that they have to get over this block that they have with each other. 
Um, and I think for, and I think maybe Suga recognizes that Kageyama needs to learn that like Hinata doesn't have the same privilege that Kageyama does. He didn't come from a school, um, with a great volleyball team. He didn't come from a school with a volleyball team at all. And I think, I also think that because Hinata is mad that he doesn't get a punishment if they lose the three on three. He's like, what about me? You forgot about me. Like only Kageyama gets a punishment, which it's like, Hinata, shut the fuck up. Mm -hmm. Um, you actually don't want to get a punishment. Um, but I think that is Daichi recognizing and I think this is true that like yes Hinata is reacting to Kageyama and is like if he weren't so hyperactive you know he could maybe like step back and not fight with Kageyama but it is Kageyama like instigating this stuff like Kageyama is the one who's coming from this place of like not thinking that Hinata is willing to put in the effort whereas Hinata is like no I'll put in the effort like I can fly like one more time like I will go for the ball and um so I, th I think Daichi giving the punishment just to Kageyama is because he knows he's like Hinata is reacting to Kageyama and if we can get Kageyama to stop being such a jerk to Hinata about this it's you know Hinata then won't be reacting back and things will work better and I, I think that's absolutely true yeah I think Daichi you know he he sees the potential he's like this is how we're gonna draw it out also just while Daichi is giving his little speech about how Karasuno could be a great team there's like the scene where like it's like the wind is blowing and like crows are flying in the background and it just looks so cool you know, mm -hmm. anime's so cool. I think all three of the upperclassmen recognize, you know, something in, like see something in them, especially Daichi. And then Tanaka still doesn't quite believe it, but he does, he shows up for them. Well, you know, I think he really respects Daichi yes. too. And that's another thing with like just anime in general, but I was so fascinated by the senpai and kohai relationship, especially like here in America, we just don't have that, especially in schools where like, I can tell there's really like this sense of responsibility that the upperclassmen feel for their lower classmen and it's like we just bully them over here yeah well there's it's interesting that you say that because my the high school that my brother and I both went to when my brother my brother's five years older than me when my brother was a freshman they had like a senior freshman buddy program where they would have like you would get for like a week you got paired with a senior and then that senior was supposed to just kind of like help you get to know mm -hmm. the campus and like help you navigate things and like you know help you socially but they had to stop that program before I got there because the seniors were abusing it and they were using it as a chance to like bully the mm. freshmen like my brother had like kind of like Bieber hair in middle school like when he went into ninth grade and like part of like his like senior buddy week thing was they sat him down in a sh in a chair and like buzzed all of his hair off oh I think God. they buzzed it to like a shitty like like mullet in the back and then he like and he had to wear it like I think they did that first thing in the morning and he had to wear it all day in school and then he when he came home my mom had to finish cutting it off because it looked stupid but yeah like they would just do stupid shit wow. like that and it wasn't about like the seniors just took it as not all of them of course I'm sure some of them did take it seriously um but too many of them took it as an opportunity to bully their underclass wow. men I mean, that just highlights the difference between like Western and Eastern values, because I, I was doing some research about this last night, so I know what I'm talking about. But like the whole Senpai Kohai thing, that's not just in school, it's in offices and it kind of is everywhere because and it's, it's all about, you know, age and stuff. And part of the reason it exists is to kind of contain the order and the unity in the community you know you respect these people and then you know it, and it's a symbiotic relationship it's not just about um kohais respecting their senpais but senpais are responsible for their kohais like the way that the principal only talks to daichi about like handling his team like it, it, it like i said it helps with like the order and the unity and and just like 
keeping the respect level there. And we definitely don't have that here. So it's 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 just nice. Um, it's like they have built-in older siblings that really help pave the way to their success, really. Yeah, I think it's a really interesting relationship. And this is a little bit of a tangent, but I've been listening to a podcast lately called Blank Check with Griffin and David. Um, And they talked about Brad Bird. They talk about directors' filmographies. And so they were talking about Brad Bird, who directed some of the Pixar movies. He did The Incredibles and Ratatouille and Incredibles 2 and a few other things. But when they were talking about, when they were doing that miniseries and they were talking about Pixar, they were talking about the first, like, you know, the first batch of Pixar movies, I think going up to, like, The Incredibles and WALL-E and even up, those were all kind of the original team. It was, like, John Lasseter and, like, this group of people. And they they were all friends and they all had the ideas and they worked on the stories together, but they did not establish any kind of like, there was no hierarchy and there was no like, there were no younger creators and directors and animators that they were welcoming in to like teach them their ways. And so that's why Pixar kind of has this drop off period because they had to start finding new talent because that talent wasn't being encouraged by like the older group of people. And I think having this kind of system in place, like in your society can be very helpful. I also have a lot of issues with hierarchies in general, but I think having mentorship is very important. And if you want a, if you like make an institution and you want that institution to continue, I think it's important to mentor the next generation. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's very fascinating that that's built into their society. Mm -hmm. Um, And obviously there are like anytime that somebody has power over somebody else that leaves like opportunities for abuse. um, And that definitely happens. I don't see that happening in Haikyuu, which is nice. Um, I would say we need to talk about, like I just, I love talking about the senpais. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think they're all great. There's one particular Karasuno member who I think is the best senpai of all of them but we haven't met him yet and Mm. i will do a character spotlight on him um because i think he's the best but i think tanaka is a really good senpai i think they're all just amazing and they all they know that it is important for the younger members to grow and to learn and to be better and it's not about glory for themselves it's about glory for the whole team i think that's it for the episode that's where the episode ends right they like race off yeah they race yeah well the episode the episode ends with them showing up in the morning for practice and Tanaka having the key. And then like Tanaka is like having this whole like memory of Daichi and like in the background, Kagehina are fighting to get into the gym. Mm-hmm. And Hinata's like, no, you get behind me. I'm going to get in first. And Kageyama's like, you can't be the first one in the gym because Tanaka-senpai is already in the gym. And Hinata's well, then, like, why are you fighting? And it's just, they fight just to fight. Mm-hmm. And I think they also sometimes fight just to touch each other a little bit. And they don't recognize that. <laughs> I think, yes, we have to talk about uh, boys dealing with not being allowed to show affection in regular ways so they fight instead i think that is very much going on that happens and there's more instances of this um sorry if you can hear the dog barking in the background oh okay so i did um as I, i think i've said that i'm reading the manga um while we're watching the anime and so this episode episode two um is the combination of chapter two and chapter three and chapter two is called Karasuno High School Volley Club, Volleyball Club and chapter three is called Single Celled Organisms. And I wrote, okay, Furudate, the library is open because that feels like a read. It feels <laughs> like he's reading Kageyama and Hinata for being idiots oh, in absolutely. that. 
Um, and I'm sure that there's some sort of like metaphor for how like, oh, they're single celled organisms. But once they learn how to like work on a team, they'll be like multi-celled organisms and no, then they'll like work better. They're stupid and simple. I, I, that's, that's what I choose. I just wanted to offer an alternative reading just in case. Um, I also wanted to go, going back to the sub versus dub. I, there are some voices I don't like. I love Suga's dub voice. I think it's perfect. I think it's perfect casting. I think the voice actor knows exactly what he's doing. And it just like, it's smooth and it's gentle. And I think they, I think that's true in the sub as well. Mm. Like I think his, his voice again, like we don't speak Japanese, so I don't understand the nuances of the language as much, but his voice just seems gentler and I think it works for him. Um, but then he's also capable of being freaking crazy and mm -hmm. that's fantastic. Yeah, and then there's just a few lines that I picked up from the manga that might have been in the anime as well, but I, I enjoy it. Um, there's one point where Hinata, when Kagama is like yelling at him um, about like, oh, I think Kagama says something like, oh, you don't want to waste another three years. And Hinata says, you have no right to make it sound like everything I did was meaningless, mm -hmm. which I really love that. That was in the manga? That's in the manga. Yeah. And then Daichi at one point, when he's talking about Kagama and his skill, he says, individual talent can carry a team to a degree, but it can't take them to the top. Which is, and as we, as Karasuno gets better and starts meeting better teams, we start to see just how true that is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, and there's a point where Daichi calls Kagama a diva. He says something about like having a diva as a setter is going to hurt us. And I'm like, oh, that is such an appropriate word. Kagama is a diva. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. All right. We are going to move now into our character spotlight. <laughs> And we are going to talk about, drum roll please, <laughs> Hinata Shoyo <laughs> from the concrete. Obviously, our main character was going to start off strong. Going to start off strong here. All right. So um, I want to talk about Hinata's name because um, as many of you I'm sure are aware, in Japanese they use kanji. They use characters instead of letters. And the individual characters have um, certain meanings. And when you put them together, it changes, uh, it, it'll change the meaning or the meanings will combine. Also in Japanese, uh, when you are talking about somebody, you always use their family name first and their given name second. So it's, it's last name, then first name, kind of like in Harry Potter. <laughs> well, in Harry Potter, well, I guess not really. They call everybody by their last name. Like they do oh, in Harry Potter. Oh, okay. I was like, In Harry what? Potter, yeah. In Harry Potter, like when you're less familiar with somebody, you call somebody by your last Potter. name. Potter, Malfoy. And so um, I, that's how I'm going to do these character spotlights. I'm going to talk about family name and then I'm going to talk about given name. So Hinata Shoyo, for Hinata's family name, the he, the H-I, means day or son. And it's very common for that to be in family names. I think he, yeah, he is also in the word for Japan, Nihon. And so it's, it's I think that's interesting that they're, it's found in the name of the country and it's also often found in family names. And then nata means to approach or to face. And it's usually found in the verb to face or to go towards. Um, and then combined, they translate to sunny place. So Hinata 
a sunny place. But I really like the Nata being to approach or to face or to go towards because Hinata has a goal that he's going towards. And there's a lot of um, imagery of him like reaching towards the sun. That's really fascinating. And then for his first name, Sho is um, to fly or to soar. And the kanji is generally used in people's names or as an alternative to the more common nanji for flight. And that very common kanji for flight is also found in Kageyama's first name and in the Karasuno banner and also our pot art <laughs> as well. And so the show is to fly and then the yo is sunshine or positive. Um, it's also, um, it also signifies yang and yin and yang and is, therefore has the connotation of masculinity. So it's funny because like we do a lot of like in the fandom, we love like gender swapping characters and, but we just keep their same names. But in reality, if Hinata were born a girl, I think that th there would be a different ending on her name mm. um, to probably something like, maybe, I don't know. I don't entirely know, but I don't think he, she would have the name Shoyo, or if she did, it would be like, oh, that's kind of weird to give a girl a boy name. I think anyway, I don't know for sure. Um, again, if you do know, please write in. Always happy to learn. Anyway, um, so Hinata Shoyo combined means flying sun slash positivity, which is perfect. And the source for that is the Haikyuu Reddit. So if that information is wrong, blame Reddit. Nobody's <laughs> ever been long, wrong on Reddit before, but... You never know. This could be the first time. This could be the very first time. I also looked at the Haikyuu Wiki. I looked at his character page and I found one quote that I felt really sums up his character. Um, and it says, despite his generally bubbly exterior, Hinata is also shown to have a serious attitude, particularly when it comes to volleyball. His intense love for the sport is demonstrated through his impressive display of tenacity stemming from his constant desire to improve his abilities. You know, we don't have to spend too much longer on Hinata. Um, I do want to get into his stats a little bit. In the manga, every character gets a little character page that has a cute little picture of them, and it gives us a little bit of information. So I'm going to read off a little bit of that. Hina Toshoyo is in class 1-1. His temporary position is wing spiker, mm. according to this. We'll see if that changes. His height is 5 foot 4 inches. He's 114 pounds. His birthday is June 21st. His favorite food is egg over rice. And his current worry is not being able to palm a volleyball, which means not being able to hold a volleyball with one hand, which as somebody with very small hands – have never, could never, will never do that. Um, but I'm not worried about it because probably because I'm not a teenage boy. <laughs> trying to make Seems, it in volleyball. Yeah, trying to make it in volleyball. This feels like a very teenage boy worry to have. Mm -hmm. um, and then it also has his ability parameters, which are measured on a five-point scale. Um, his speed, his stamina, and his jumping are all five because he's amazing. But his power, his technique, and his intelligence are all at one, which, again... The library is open. Why you got to read your characters like that? Um, but I, I think that's accurate. I would say his jumping, his stamina, his speed, all at five, everything else being at one, that makes sense. Like he's, he, he just hasn't had the training. Like the, the speed, the jumping, and the stamina are all just kind of like natural abilities that he has. Mm -hmm. And he has to learn the other things. So that is his current character card. And then I just want to talk a little bit. What, what do you love about Hinata? I love his um, emotional intelligence. Um, it's not like really shoved in your face, but the way he seems to like know how to get to the root of an emotional problem with Kageyama, 
with rivals he's had in the past. Like, he just, he's just very, like, no nonsense about it. And he doesn't really, like, he's not very egotistical at all and doesn't really get in his own way in that way. Um, He's just a really genuine kid. And I also really love, I find his attitude towards challenges really inspiring. Like, I like that he gets excited by challenges where most people would be like, oh, we have to fight against these guys. They're like, oh my God, we get to fight against these guys. I love that. I get to do the hard thing. That I think is a really like great way to reframe like facing challenges. So I love that about him. And he's just a sweetie pie. I mean, come on. Yeah, his emotional intelligence is great. Like Kage, not Kagama, Hinata really cares about other people, I think. And like, he's not afraid to show his care. Mm-hmm. And he's just, he's just a little extrovert, you know? But I do like, I, the reason I wanted to read that quote is because like, he is positive and like sunshine. And like, we all see that in him. And I feel like that gets focused on a lot, but he's, he is so serious and he is so intense. And I think that's such an interesting contrast. I love that Furidate did that, where we have this like sunshine character and so it's more effective when he turns serious and he turns and like he gets that predator stare. Mm-hmm. I think that's so interesting and fascinating where because it, it's just such a contrast. Whereas like Kakeyama is just kind of he's not necessarily one note, but like he always has like kind of the same like thing going on. He's always pretty serious. He's always pretty intense just in his own way, even when he's being dumb. But Hinata is like a golden retriever. Mm-hmm. When we get to season two, episode one, we can talk way more about that contrast. Cause I think that episode has like the perfect examples of both of these things that I'm talking about. So speaking of things that will be happening in the future, I think it's time we go to the spoiler zone. Let's go. Beep, boop, boop, beep, boop. Is that the spoiler? I like that. that. (laughs) I mean, the only thought that I had was um, going back to when he was talking about when Kageyama was talking about how great it is to be the setter and how he asks Hinata, have you ever been to a live game? When you go and you like are positioned behind, you can really see how cool the setter is. And I just think about how uh, obviously Kageyama's grandpa must have like brought him to a game. And it makes me want to cry. Probably more than one game. Yeah, I'm sure. Probably went to multiple games together. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. Mm -hmm. I think about that a lot too. I also like to think that in like second or third year when Kagehina become closer, I like to think that Kageyama takes Hinata to a game so that they can sit and watch it. Shut up. I even think, like sometimes I even think like after Hinata has his fall, um, like maybe when he can't like play, like they can't like play volleyball with their team like they they used to i like to think that hinata like brings him to a game and is like okay you're serious now you're not gonna like you you know about personal maintenance we're gonna get this way let's go to this game and let's talk mm-hmm. volleyball and uh, i'm just obsessed with them that's a good fake idea <laughs> don't, don't think that's already not already planned <laughs> so i have a few things to touch on um so when i first watched this and i think sometimes even when i rewatch it i always kind of wonder i was like oh is the vp supposed to be set up as like kind of a villain for the volleyball team that's ho- always holding them back but then he does like turn on them but i realized that i think the reason he like is checking on them and is like asking about them fighting is because of what happens with Asanoya. Like we don't oh, find out yeah. about until later, but like just like it's literally like a month before this happens, 
boy get into a big fight and like break a vase and like the VP is there and I think there's something with his toupee there as well and so I think he's just got his eyes on the volleyball club and then when he like I'm sure he's just walking around doing his thing and then he hears shouting from that gym and he's like are those fucking volleyball players fighting again that's yeah I never thought about that yeah I just thought about it last night and I was like Fu or Dante you did it again (laughs) um also oh my gosh okay so whenever Kakeyama talks about like he's like I'm not the same as I was last year either and his serve is better um head empty no thoughts just Kageyama practicing his serve alone in the gym every day after school for the rest of his third year of middle school just nobody else to play with and just practicing his serve and like basing it off of Oikawa's serve like you can tell like he definitely he had observed Oikawa so much and then he just practiced and practiced and practiced also Kageyama's serving to Hinata is repeated at the end of their third year when we get to the time skip. Mm-hmm. Um, which, because like I think that's the first like volleyball they do together is serving, is, is Kagama serving and Hinata receiving. And of course, this time he gets hit in the face and it's a disaster. Um, but then when we get to third year, Kagama throws the ball, he serves it, and Hinata perfectly receives it. Um, also, going back to the Daichi Hinata connection, there's what we learn in this episode, which is, you know, they both had kind of the same like inspirational moment that made them want to go to Karasuno. But then also in season four, Daichi has a nightmare that he is the only member of the volleyball team, which is literally what's literally Hinata's life all through middle school until his third year when those first years joined. Mm-hmm. He was alone on the team. And so I think that's so interesting. I think I read a fic. I do not remember the author, but there was a very short drabble that was very much like Hinata going to Daichi and being like, hey, that nightmare you told us about, like that that was my life. Like that's mm-hmm. that's how I live. So like I get how scary that can be. And it was kind of like him being like, I'm really grateful to have Karasuno and to have this team. And just that's something about Hinata is like he just wants to be on a team. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why it sucks so much for him because he has this idea of who Kageyama is. He just thinks of him as this jerk. And so, like, for Kageyama, and I think they even touch on this in the very next episode with Suga, where Hinata is, like, I think he thinks it sucks that Kageyama's on his team because he thinks he's, he, he wanted to be on a team and he wanted to be on people who, be on a team with people who will help him improve. And I don't, I think he doesn't think Kageyama wants to do that. So it's just, they both have to learn to trust each other. Yes, definitely. For sure. We also need to talk about Kyoko and Tanaka mm. um, because they are the only canon ship yeah in this in this whole series um which you know if we're gonna have a hetero romance uh, or if we're gonna have a romance it's going to be hetero i feel like we don't really even need a romance at all i don't really understand why this is here i i think it's kind of weak i think this is this happens all the time in shonen anime especially but really in a lot of media from the west and from the east that is like geared towards boys and men where they're like they don't really know how to write romance. They don't know how to write female characters. Like they don't know because how to write. Because they don't look at women as people. Exactly. Like, yeah, exactly. Like Kageyama and Hinata, like if Hinata were a girl, like that ship would like have way more chemistry than Kyoko and Tanaka. And I kind of like, maybe maybe somebody can write an email, somebody who actually likes this ship can like explain to us like what this ship means to them. Because I am genu- genuinely curious because I don't really get it. But there is something that happens in this episode. When Kyoko is first introduced after we have her tits and ass moment, mm-hmm. um, she walks into the gym and Tanaka is there and he immediately asks to carry her back. He's like, oh, can I take your bag for you? And she's like, no, I've got it. Um, but then at the very end of after nationals, after they lose the game, um, and Hinata gets his fever and everything. 
I guess Tanaka has like grown in Kyoko's eyes and he asks, he offers to carry her bag again and she accepts. And I guess that's supposed to be our, like that's supposed to be like the sign that like, oh yes, like she does like him and Mm -hmm. she does want to be with him. And I think he is like very, he's much calmer about it. Um, So maybe that's the thing. Maybe like him being so like, oh, I'm so in love with you. And like, oh, I just, you're so pretty. Maybe like that really turns her off. But then maybe she starts to feel like his feelings are really genuine after like he's grown so much throughout the series. It just, I don't really get it personally. If you want to like, if you want to explain it to me, that's great. I just, I think this happens all the time in things that are made for men where they're like, well, we got to throw in a romance. And sometimes it feels like they're throwing in the romance for the girls. Like we got to throw the girls a bone because some of them might be watching but then we get a romance between two people who don't really interact that much and we don't really get to see them like we don't really get to see them having a lot of chemistry or anything yeah I was really disappointed by this ship honestly like there's just not enough there like you said and like their whole dynamic is just him thirsting after her and her having no interest so what is my takeaway supposed to be if you harass a girl enough she'll find it charming and then you'll get married like ah. I did not care for it whatsoever, and I don't care about Tanaka's, like, romance plot lines. There will be more to come. And it's just like, no, I didn't I didn't ask for these, actually. <laughs> Thank no. you. Actually, I will say in the time skip, like, when we see them together, I do kind of, like, they, they make a nice couple. I think they look good together. And, like, I do think, like, I think Tanaka really does have to, like, grow out of the, like, weird I'm going to be a harasser. And maybe this is something we'll see. Maybe he really does kind of slow it down a little bit with that stuff mm-hmm. by season four. Well, and we're supposed to, like, see it as romantic. And, like, I don't think he's, like, dangerous or, like, even, like, super harass-y. Like, I know we're supposed to find it, I think, cute and charming, but it's just, like, not. <sighs> yeah, it's just, it's a problem. We're we're not big fans, but I just, I had to mention it. Um, Again, if that's a ship that you enjoy, no judgment on you. You, you probably see something in it that we don't see Mm -hmm. and that's fine going back to the kagehina racing all the time thing Mm -hmm. i have a headcanon that when they retire from the pro leagues hinata and kagema both become coaches at different schools in miyagi but they live at like they live they find a house that's like the in-between point and like equidistant from those two schools so that they can leave work at the same time and race home, (laughs) race (laughs) each other home that's a that's a headcanon i have for them um there's also I don't think it's in the anime, but in the manga, when Kagama goes, when he serves to Hinata and Hinata, like, it gets, receives it with his face, he turns his face and kind of, like, he turns away and kind of, like, takes it on his shoulder instead because he says, oh, if I catch it with my face, I'll die. And that reminds me of the Shiri Torozawa game where he turns his face so he won't get a bloody nose. He's like, well, mm-hmm. I turned because I knew if I if it hit my nose and I got a nosebleed, I wouldn't be able to play. So I just let it hit my cheek. Um, and so I think that's very interesting and kind of another like connection between Kageyama and Ushijima mm-hmm. where like, you know, they're both so strong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Too strong? Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I'm so strong. Okay, and I think that's it for the spoiler zones. Should we move on out of it? We're Try. out of the spoiler zone. Beep, boop, boop. Yep. Did you like that? The robot is put to bed. <laughs> um, okay. And so now we are going to move into our who in Haikyuu scenario, mm-hmm. if you're ready. I'm ready. And so um, we did just come up with this scenario on our own, um, but for future episodes, we're totally open to suggestions. Um, so for this episode, we want to talk about fandoms. 
So if the Haikyuu characters were all in the same fandom, let's say they all loved the same anime or the same movie series, whatever, what kind of fans would they be? Kageyama, Hinata, um, Daichi, Suga, Tanaka, and Kyoko. What kind of fans do you think they they would be? Would they draw art? Would they do fanfic? Like, would they be on Twitter? Would they be on TikTok? Would they be on Tumblr? I think that Hinata would be like me first joining anime Twitter, being very extroverted and tweeting a lot and having a lot of things to say and making a bunch of friends and just uh, being kind of um, hyperactive in the fandom. Do you think he'd do any art or any fix or do you think he'd be doing a lot of like retweeting and like these are my headcanons? Yeah, I feel like more like retweeting and headcanons. Like I don't think he creates stuff for it. I think he's just like a super fan and is very excitable. I could see him like doing like a not even a real fic on AO3, but just doing like this. These are all of my headcanons for all of the characters. Yes. Like, it's just like an info dump. Be very chaotic. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. No, I totally agree with that. I think he would, I think he'd be a TikTok star, darling. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he would be really good at, and not making like anime edits, but I can see him doing like really wild like skits and stuff. Mm-hmm. That would be really fun. I think Kageyama would be kind of the opposite where he's not a social person, but maybe he, I don't know if it's, if it's fic or art, but like he just will drop really good stuff and he has a bunch of followers, but there's no really like fan interaction. No, I do think he would be on like a Reddit or a subreddit, like absolutely screaming at people about how wrong they are about certain characters. (laughs) He seems like the kind who like, yeah, any, any socialization is combative. Yes. (laughs) Is him being like, no, uh, you're actually wrong about this and I'm right. And here's 5,000 words about why you're wrong. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. Him and Hinata would get into really intense ship wars. Oh my <laughs> if gosh. If they didn't Abs- agree on things. Absolutely. Yes, they would. Um, okay, what about Daichi? Hmm. I think he'd be an elder. Yeah, he'd be like a fandom elder. He would be above the discourse and the and the fandom wank. No one uses that term anymore, but I love it. Um, and, and he would like kind of keep things in line and, and, and people would go to his DMs and be like, senpai. What would his platform be? Do you think he'd be a Twitter? I feel like I want to give everyone a Twitter because that is really it. I think some of them, like I could see, I could see Daichi being like, like an elder to the point where like he has a Twitter, but he also has a Tumblr. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Like he started, like, I think Daichi and Suga both started on Tumblr and kind of like they have Twitter as well just because i feel like it's a little bit easier to interact on there but like Mm -hmm. they you know they love him speaking of suka he would be chaotic he would be like whenever you do those like what kind of moot am i he would be the like i'm worried about you one people would be like unhinged i'm concerned for you i think he would like me sometimes delight in the discourse or the wank and kind of have fun with it and be a little bit of a troll yes yeah, he would be pushing Kagama's buttons all the time. He would purposely like tweet at Kagama like a wrong perception of a character just to see Kagama like all caps scream bait. at him. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Um, yeah, fully agree. I think he would also, but I think he would write really beautiful moving fix. I w- yeah, I think he would do. I think I I like the idea of Suga and Daichi being like a like a writer. Um, artist pair kind of like um a cell and really corking mm. um but i think it would be yeah i think like daichi would like do artwork based on suga's fix and i think there would be a lot of like just a lot of 
a connection there. And I think they would make a really good team. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, what about Tanaka? Tanaka, I think, would be another one that would get into a lot of fandom wink, but like earnestly, like things would piss him off really easily and he would make a lot of tweets about it. And I think a lot of his moods would have him muted because he's a little too much sometimes. Yes, absolutely. But he would have like... Oh, and I like to think that he makes like bad edits for TikTok. Oh my God. Yeah, he would make really shitty TikTok like, edits. Like did a 12-year-old make this? No, it was Tanaka. It was, yeah, exactly. I do think he would have a few people like Hinata and like um, some characters we meet later on who would be like, who would never mute him and they all have a discord chat together yes. and they're all screaming at each other mm-hmm. um yeah i think he would be f- i think he'd be fun yeah i think he'd make bad tiktok edits i think he'd attempt to do like threads um but i think he'd make a lot of memes i think he'd be a good meme maker yes for definitely sure. okay and now kyoko what kind of fan would she be kyoko i think would be kind of like another kageyama where like she's not super social but she drops really good content all the time and has a lot of followers and maybe she posted like one selfie and everyone lost their mind because she's beautiful um side note everyone in the haikyuu fandom that i've ever seen is beautiful so that's just canon yeah haikyuu fans are hot i don't know why we're just all cuties only we're yeah we're cuties only it's just we're all you know it's because we're getting such good content from each other our skin is clear (laughs) our 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 fields are watered like (laughs) our crops are watered we are just like thriving in this environment Mm -hmm. um but yeah i think i agree i think kyoko would i feel like she would do good fan art I think she would do oh my god she would do really amazing fan art um I think she would be like very high like she would have like a Patreon and a Kofi and like Mm -hmm. you know be on her way to making her own original characters Mm -hmm. and everything and I think yeah she would have and she would definitely have like a core group of people who like she I don't think she gets involved in the discourse at all she's not like Kageyama where she's like screaming about like you're wrong about this character I think she's fully just like believe whatever you want like I'm just here to like share my art but i think there would be a core group of like kyoko defenders where if anyone had anything bad to say about kyoko yeah they would absolutely destroy them Mm -hmm. in the comments so yeah um that i think is enough for who and haikyuu unless you have anything to add i know i feel good no other characters we really need to talk about um yeah so we hope you enjoyed this section um we want to continue doing it every episode um i think for the next few episodes it'll be scenarios that we come up with but if you have ideas you can message us you can send us an email you can contact us on social media we are on twitter tumblr instagram and blue sky all under the same handle at fly pod that's f-l-y-h-q-p-o-d you can also send us an email fly pod at gmail com. Um, we'd love to hear your thoughts on anything and everything having to do with Haikyuu, um, anything having to do with these episodes. We're really excited that you listened to our second episode um, and we hope that you're enjoying it. And um, rate, review, and subscribe, please. Uh, let us know what you're, how we're doing on the platforms as well as um, saying it to our faces virtually. <laughs> um, say that shit to my face. Say it to my face. Um, but no, yeah, like, uh, like I said, rate, review, subscribe. We're so happy to have you here. We will be here next week on Same Bat Time, Same Bat Channel, discussing season one, episode three, and we can't wait. Bye-bye. Bye.